This is Defenders TV Podcast, episode 90, where we are starting on our Iron Fist journey. Season 1, episode 1, Snow Gives Way. Welcome to the podcast, Defenders. It's... We're back. We're back. Not it's back. We're back. For Snow Gives Way, the first episode of the new Marvel Netflix show, Iron Fist, rounding out the Defenders. The fourth one arrives in Manhattan after a long, long wander by by foot in Burfeet <laughs> to the, the greatest metropolis on Earth. Um, I am one of your hosts, John. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. And rounding out the group, I'm Chris. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Absolutely. Is it not Happy St. Danny's Day? It's, well, it's, it's the day of old Danny Boy. Yeah, Danny uh, Boy. Uh, the the pints of Guinness are flowing. <laughs> uh, well, I've heard of green Guinness. So like, pretty much, if you can get a green and white Guinness, you can pretty much celebrate both Iron Fist and St. Patrick's Day all in one go. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah. it's uh, The episodes are being released at 7am on St. Patrick's Day. We're recording a little bit ahead of time, thanks so much to Netflix uh, UK and Ireland for uh, providing us with our preview copies. But yes, you hopefully will be listening to us on St. Patrick's Day. And as a, an Irish-based podcast, that's kind of cool. That is very cool. And in fact, uh, water is not into wine, but into Guinness, <laughs> with a nice, creamy, frothy top. Absolutely. So while it is 7 o'clock in the morning, we're not drunk just yet. Uh, we will. We might be getting a, a St. Patrick's Day pint later on. But we I- might be slurring our words as we move through the podcast, obviously. And of course, the pronunciation of, uh, of some of the names might go to pot. <laughs> you never know. You never know. No, Including our go, own. Come on. <laughs> Including- exactly. It'd be like, one, one, and <laughs> yeah. then John. As, as we get to like episode six, seven, we're going to be like just slashed. <laughs> that is true. Um, yes, and so yeah, we're it's the fourth defender. He's he's arrived on on Netflix, mm-hmm. and of course, we're going to be getting into our episode here uh, just in advance to any new listeners who um, have uh, joined us for Iron Fist, and of course to all of those. Um, who are returning. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, just in advance of this, we will be giving our five points. Um, but this time, not each individual five points. We have merged them into a single massive five points yes. um, that we will deliver on, on this episode snow gives way and uh, of course we will uh, we're starting st patrick's day as we've said but we will be bringing new episodes um every tuesday and friday then of each week uh, and of course we watch them as we go we don't watch ahead and um, that is coming from our lord and master uh Obenfuhrer, uh derek and so uh yeah so we will be getting into this uh, episode three review will be out then on the 21st of march and our episode two will then be on the 18th of march 
March, if I've got that right. I, I think, think so. I think so. We're, um, we're obviously recording these uh, one at a time as we go. As, as John mentioned, we watch the episode, we record our podcast. So we've only watched episode one and we're just recording the podcast for episode one. We'll record episode two as soon as we possibly can and hopefully have that out over the weekend. And then we'll go into our normal pattern of Tuesday and Friday for uh, for release of episodes. So uh, hopefully you can stay with us for all of the episodes. Watch them as, as you want to and you can jump in and out of our podcast as you watch the episodes. And before we go any further, these are spoiler-filled reviews of Iron Fist. So make sure you've seen episode one, season one of Iron Fist before you listen any further in the episode. Make sure you don't get spoiled. And and then episode two, you'll have to have watched that before the next one afterwards. So yeah. And of course, as always, it's important uh, for us to let you know where you can catch us and subscribe. So please, um, if you want to hear all things Iron Fist and of course the Defenders, please subscribe and listen on iTunes at www.defenderstvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes. Or of course you can go to any other Ying or Yang podcast catcher um, and just search Defenders TV Podcast. Nice. Um, so, guys, if you have any feedback for any of our shows, um, be it episode 90 or any of the previous 89, uh, obviously, we want you to go back and binge listen uh, as you're waiting for the next episode. Uh, you can just go to our website and leave uh, a short voice uh, feed piece of feedback. It can be it's up to about 30 seconds. And that's obviously on DefendersTVPodcast.com. Or you can go to any of our uh, social media sites. So we're on Twitter so at DefendersCast. Or we have our fabulous group over on Facebook where we a lot of us and other fans kind of sit down and we talk everything Defenders. So come over and join us. So that's groups forward slash Defenders TV podcast. And there you will basically catch up on. We leave the episode 90 will be out there on the day one and you'll be able to kind of give us your feedback on that. And as we progress through our recording, we'll put up a post where you can leave all your spoilery thoughts. Or if you just have a general question or anything like that, feel free just to jump in and put a post up. Um, and our lovely director of Defenders TV podcast, Derek, will uh, either decide or break it down in terms of if you can have the say there. We're not saying he's like the, the Red Skull. He, he's more <laughs> a mix between Robert Redford in Winter Soldier. I think that's a good one. You're, you're good, but you're also bad. We're not sure. I like it. My resume from this show is extending every season. We've got co-host, producer, director, and open Fuhrer. Very impressive. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Put that, put that on your CV. I'm pretty sure you'd get a few eyebrows raised. I like it. I like it. Um, I think it's time to get into the podcast proper. Um, guys, are you ready to get into Absolutely. Iron Fist Season 1, Episode 1? Snow Gives Way. Um, well, this episode was written by the showrunner Scott Buck, um, who has done shows previously like Six Feet Under and Dexter, but he has also been confirmed by Marvel as the showrunner for Inhumans, the new show coming up um, from ABC Studios that makes all of the Marvel shows from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all the way through to The Defenders. Um, he's going to be the showrunner for that. This is a co-production with IMAX. Uh, if you haven't heard us talk about it before, um, they're going to be doing the first two episodes in IMAX theatres, followed by uh, a TV series of about eight episodes, we believe. Uh, which will be coming out uh, in about September this year, I think. So he's been very busy man to have two full TV shows as showrunner and writing some of the episodes like this one. Um, the episode was directed by John Dahl, who worked on Billions with former Daredevil 
uh, cast member, Toby Leonard Moore, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and he also directed a slightly controversial Defenders TV podcast <laughs> episode of uh, Jessica Jones. Uh, the fantastic, <laughs> a.k.a. Sinbin, episode 9 of Jessica Jones. So um, so interesting that they're also bringing on board a former director of uh, of the Defenders TV shows to uh, to direct this episode. That's quite cool. Absolutely. It's getting all very incestuous uh, over at Marvel Netflix. Yeah, they've got a huge pot to pull from now. Lots of lots, lots of people that, that yeah. have written for the shows now and written for and directed the shows. I'm really hoping once we get to Defenders that they'll pick out the real big writers and directors to be able to direct each of the eight episodes for the Defenders. I think that's hopefully the way they're going to go. And that will be probably some of the most controversial writing and directing announcements ever made in a Marvel TV show because we're all going to either love it or hate it and potentially love and hate. Yes, exactly. Because I think when you put it as controversial is probably the best way. Some of us loved Sinmin, some of us were lukewarm and then some had issues, but overall, uh, I love his stuff in Billions, so he's a fantastic director. Um, Just I want to see what he did here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, John, do you want to tell us what Scott Buck and John Dahl gave us with your synopsis for the first episode of Iron Fist? Sure. A sloppily dressed 20-something tries to gain entry to Rand Enterprises to meet with the former CEO, Harold Meacham. The man claims to be Daniel Rand, the heir to the Rand family fortune, thought to have died in a plane crash with his parents ten years previously. Danny battles hard to get the attention of Ward and Joy Meacham, his former childhood friends, to tell them he's made it back from the expedition. But Ward believes he is an imposter looking to undermine the Meachams ahead of a corporate expansion. The former billionaire, Danny, is left alone to fend for himself in New York, sleeping and practicing his martial arts in Central Park. He encounters Big Al, another homeless man with a possible connection to a mystical hawk and Colleen Wing, a down-on-her-luck martial arts instructor trying to make ends meet. Both Big Al and Colleen realize there is something special about Danny, but only when he has an impossible escape from a killer New York taxi does Joy Meacham start to believe Daniel's story. Unfortunately, under the guidance of Harold Meacham, who was also thought dead, Ward and Joy create a trap that Danny can't escape from. You know, I wrote part of this synopsis, and I'm trying to work out the killer taxi cab sounds very different from uh, from what I meant in that. It wasn't a taxi cab, it was the taxi driver in the taxi cab is what I meant, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's uh... oh, Well, actually, it depends on what way, whether you want to think that the cars or the automobile is in the wrong, or is it the human element in the wrong? Think about it. Yeah. When AI cars come, who is to blame? The programmer <laughs> or the car? I like it. I Conundrums. Like it. Moral conundrums. Or is it imbued with some kind of spirit, mystical spirit, <laughs> some evil mystical <laughs> mystical spirit that is now causing the bonnet to lift up and chomp away like a pair of jaws? Just like an evil dead. <laughs> the possessed. The necronomicon. Yeah. Ne- as I said, the- I can't even pronounce that. Necronomicon? The necronomicon. Ne- the necronomicon. Comic-Con Right, enough (laughs) enough about possessed cars Since we didn't say it up front I'll probably actually drop this in again up front This is a spoiler-filled review of Netflix Oh, uh, big time Iron Fist So we'll probably re-record that Pop it into the start Um, We will be talking about everything to do with this episode We did see some previews that were pretty spoilery Before the episode was launched But hopefully you've now watched the episode And are, uh, are fully caught up on what's happening on this episode 
But a quick question. Do you think we will spoil people's enjoyment of it after this review? Interesting. Controversial. Mm. See, controversy stalks this podcast like a, <laughs> a tall, stalky thing. <laughs> it does. It does. A stalk. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're here to talk about our opinions. I suppose there are 13 episodes and we will be here for all 13 of them. Um, so that is true. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully there'll be some good and bad as always with throughout the episodes. But we are definitely here to share our opinions, and hopefully the listeners join us throughout those uh, those thirteen episodes. Um, quick one. Obviously, we've got a brand new series here, so therefore we have brand new opening titles and a brand new theme tune. Chris, what did you think of the opening titles for this episode? I'm torn. Okay. Visually, it was stunning. Mm. Visually, it is very stunning in terms of the, the, the flow of the, the outline silhouette of what we assume is Danny. Um, it, it almost brought me akin to the first time we saw good old DD um, with the blood dripping all over the New York's uh, landscape. Yeah. Um, I thought that was fantastic. And I, th- there's elements there. The theme itself. It, it's not as best way of putting it as attention grabbing almost okay. the very kind of classical Eastern theme that's there overlaid with obviously a more modern twist. Just there's a slight just precision there. I don't know how it's not one that I'm going to be listening to on my, on my way to work consistently. Right. Like I've listened to some of the others. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I, I think Visually, it's stunning. Audibly, potentially forgetful. Maybe it will grow on me more and more throughout as we yeah. we listen. But what did you guys think? Um, I have to say, on the theme tune, by the second time I watched it for this re- for this review discussion that we were having, I was kind of I've been humming it ever since. So, um, so I think the theme okay. tune the theme tune definitely caught me. Uh, one thing I did like about the the credits themselves, I did like that the um, the black movement that's going on. It does really feel like kind of traditional Chinese writing. You know, the um, the brush stroke oh, writing. Oh, uh, I didn't so, think about that. Yeah. So while he's doing martial arts moves, it does feel like he's writing something in uh, in the titles. Yeah, and it, it kind of looks like a brush stroke as well, yeah. with with uh, from from the hands and the feet, which is kind of interesting. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, I I really liked the opening titles. I have to say, the only thing, and I think it just sets it apart from the the other three. And I, I suppose this is going to be inevitable for. I mean, I, f- I suppose for every one of these, you know, Jessica Jones was compared to Daredevil, Luke Cage to Jessica Jones and Daredevil, and now we have the fourth Defender arriving in the form of Iron Fist. And, of course, I suppose it's inevitable that there will be comparisons then to now Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil. Mm. So the the thing I kind of really thought was just how it had no it didn't really have that much colour. Like, Daredevil absolutely embraced the red, obviously. I mean, it was dripping all over the place. Yeah. You had the, the, the really strong hints of purple for the Jessica Jones opening titles mm-hmm. and obviously that kind of almost sepia yellow colour uh, running through the, the Luke Cage ones. And so I must say I was expecting a bit more green and a bit more yellow to, to the opening titles. I definitely, um, you know, there was some kind of like yellow sparks coming off some of the moves. Yeah. And there was, uh, you know, a kind of a, a, a very pale background green coming from some of the the moves as well i just wish they had maybe just lifted that slightly but i i did like it and i liked that idea but maybe it will evolve during i don't know whether you know are we going to see a, a, an evolution where it becomes greener or, or more yellow it was an interesting choice to have the black it was very muted and i 
don't mind that, but it it, it certainly uh, looked different because of that lack of colour yeah. uh, compared to the, the other three, which I think really embraced the, the colours of their characters in mm-hmm. that sense. So, John, answer me this. There was a, a variant costume for Danny where he was black and yellow. So the, the symbol and the, the, the hood was yellow and the rest of it was black. Is that, am, I, am I imagining that? Because I know there's the white one and there's obviously the green one. Yeah. But there was, there was a black variant in something. I, I just can't I remember think, I, Yeah, I, I think um, there was. But I, and I suppose in that sense, if, it, if they're taking from that, that's, I suppose, then okay. But I mean, then, you, you know, with Daredevil, he started off in black and moved yeah. to the red. I mean, I, I suppose the well-known one would be obviously the green and yellow or the, or the green and gold. And, um, I, I mean, they do have hints of colour. Like, I really like the open titles. This sounds like I really didn't or something. But um, I, I think they could have just brought a bit more colour to it. Yeah. Um, that That's all. But I actually, when, when Derek kind of said it was like the traditional Chinese writing, then I kind of thought, well, okay, if it's that, then that makes sense that it would be in black. Um, you know, in terms of that yeah. brush stroke. So, but I did really enjoy the opening titles. Um, I have to say, I, I loved the, the move from the, the, the mountainous area at the start. And as you move through and the, the kung fu motions or the tai chi motions that he's, that the, the, the character is doing yeah. is suddenly then transposed from that mountainous into New York. That again, symbolizing that journey, I suppose, mm-hmm. of of Danny Rand back to um, his home in, in New York. So uh, I really like that little move, I have to say. And of course, obviously, just having the symbol there at the yeah. end is, is fantastic. And uh, yeah, I, I like the background music as well. Yeah, um, I think like definitely you know? good to talk about the titles because we generally don't talk about them for the rest of the series. So good to have a good to have an opinion on them on the begin. If it does change over the over the episodes that we're talking about, guys, make sure you Make sure you mention it on the podcast. Uh, but what you're saying, Chris, basically is the visuals you really liked, but the music doesn't have a patch on our new theme tune by Mississippi McDonald. That's what you're saying. Oh, of course. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm slightly biased, but uh, overall, let's, let's wait. It may, I've only had one uh, view through, um, so mm-hmm. maybe on my second view through uh, before I'm thinking of doing a, a view through one of number one again, or rewatch a number one, then go back into number two just before our next podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think with that, I think we can start moving on to our uh, top five. So I, for our first point, really, it's it's Rand returns um, with painful headaches and possibly PTSD um, going on. Uh, what do, what did you guys think of uh, you know his ultimately his return and and certainly those how the flashbacks were done um, and I suppose how you felt Finn Jones ultimately um, sort of settled into to this character. Um, Chris, like what? What were your thoughts? Um, so I'm going to kind of, the PTSD was mine. And I think that's where they're, we're going to end up getting a, a broken character. Mm. I, so I think potentially with the comic books, and I know again, some of the immortal iron fist, which was a bit darker, kind of showed more of the human element of Danny Rand. I think that's where they're trying to go. Cause these headaches and then the, the beautiful visuals where it was almost just like, cutting over with white mm. you could see him the heavy breathing and the, the kind of the migraines i think what they're going to play with is that 
this was such a traumatic experience. Any reminders he has to battle through and learn to deal with, and that will be his that will be his challenge, his mountain outside of the mediums and the the actual villains. The unknown villain or the unseen villain will be his kind of traumatic experience that he has kind of probably bottled up or forgotten. Um, he makes a line which is, I don't remember much um, when he's in the car with the the, the young Meacham. And that kind of started me down this path of, okay, maybe he's suppressing a lot. Mm. Maybe that will oh, yeah. be the, the first arc or of the thing of the series yeah. where he is trying to understand and come to terms with what something he's potentially buried for years yeah i think it's something that you mentioned on the on the 101 podcast chris just that uh, that we would be seeing flashbacks throughout the series the only way you can really tell some of the story you know obviously it was expected but you were really hopeful that we'd see something different than just a flashback episode or something different here it really feels like the way they've done uh, those particular shots it feels like he's reliving it more than having a flashback or having a memory of something it feels like he's going through the pain of what happened to him at the time that's a great touch by the director yeah i, I it, it definitely gave that sense of of that he was reliving those moments and mm. um, in his own mind because of the the kind of pale yellow aura and and the lines that kind of came around his, his body uh, at, at that moment where you go back into that so and i, I mean i i really liked the way um finn jones did the intensity of that like it it looks like it's troubling him it looks like um you know it's something he he's not able to control yeah and that i thought was really really good that it was that slight subtlety in, in, in rather than doing the flashback, but it was a reliving, and that would that would like connect in Chris absolutely with this idea of yours of the PTSD as well. So I think that's a really good way of, of doing it as well, and I, I like the contrast it does then with obviously the more relaxed Danny, because hmm. you know in terms of him doing you know, his Tai Chi in the park and this idea of his meditation, that despite the control that that brings, you know, and the centering that it is to achieve, that he has also, um, you know, something that he is trying to control, not only just with the Chi, but he's trying to deal with and find answers uh, of this really traumatic moment um, so yeah that was really cool I, I and I have to say I really enjoyed Finn Jones um, in in this role I mean I, I think I thought it was really really good I can't agree with you more yeah. um, I was some okay first of all he's a namesake so he's he's another Jones <laughs> I love him just for that You've had a Jessica Jones and a Finn Jones now as an I know, it's show, great. So, yeah. Literally, like, they just need to, like, bring me in, I don't know, and as marketing, and then they've got the whole lot. It's great. <laughs> All the Joneses, yes. or the Jones Eye, depending Keeping on how you the want Joneses. to bring it together. Yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, indeed. Um, I was slightly sceptical. Sceptical's wrong. Uh, I, what's something between eager and, and wary? Somewhere in the middle. Tempered. Tempered. I was tempered. About the casting, um, because I've seen him in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. That's why I was excited for him to play Danny Rand. But he his his role there was very one sided, 
And I wasn't sure, to a degree. Um, obviously, he had the duel. Uh, and I don't want to give away spoilers for people on a show that yeah, we don't, don't do really that. talk about. But <laughs> he, he, it was good. And to be to a degree, I forgot about his character as the season progressed and left. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, who is when I see him again? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's him. And he he was doing X um, for this whole episode. I literally grew more more towards excited to see what else this actor can bring to this character. Mm. He has that mischievous smirk almost um, yeah. when he when he's doing some of the, the kind of more boyish Danny Rand, Iron Fist kind of things. And then he also has that agony and he, as you said, as an actor, he brought to life that potential kind of duality of the, the fear and the pain, but also that boyish kind of schmirks uh and i think that was great he's i'm completely relieved with the casting i'm on board with it and i just want to see more of what he can do i think he plays that wide-eyed innocence really well this is a kid that that left new york when he was about 10 years old it's 15 years later he hasn't seen a city like new york since he was 10 so you know i think he's playing that idea of the memories of what new york was like are obviously very different than they are than they are now so he plays that very well definitely i can definitely see that and as a body type as a very kind of lithe body type it really does feel like that kind of bruce lee very skinny kind of uh, fighter that's a lot of power underneath um what essentially is not a very muscly kind of guy you know um i think i think finn is quite good at that yeah no absolutely i mean i i think um yeah you can see the hints of of where he he will become mischievous um, I like, I love the interaction that he has with Colleen Wing in, in her club, her martial arts club. Mm. And, and when she asks him, you know, where, where was he trained? And he goes, Kunlun. And it's just the way he delivers that. It's kind of like he's slightly embarrassed to say it because he's like, you're not going to know where that is at all because nobody does. And it's like he's trying to just repress, um, uh, a smirk uh and i i really like that kind of just that whole tone of that little brief interaction yeah. and and certainly i think as well where he's he's on the sofa in uh joy meacham's office and he's kind of hugging the cushion i think it's just that idea as you say that you know in many respects all of this is memories of his childhood. Yeah. I mean, he talks about this was my second home. You know, he's looking at it all through uh, that that lens of being a child. And absolutely. I think that's like that, really, like really that's, interesting. Absolutely. And that's like he's just won a game of hide and seek or something. You know, it's like it's like uh, you can't find me, but I, I found my way around this entire building. It's a nice little cheeky moment, definitely. But to go on to our second point, because it is obviously connected to the first point, it's kind of the big first fight sequence in, in the show. The fight at Rand Enterprises between... Danny and all the security guards that are in there. I think this kind of shows what uh, Finn Jones is capable of in the role. He's obviously doing a lot of the fight sequences that are in there. I know he does have a stunt double as well, obviously, for for some of those moves. Um, But it's a very cheeky kind of fight. It's different to what we've seen on Daredevil before. He's doing a lot of these, a lot of very quick moves uh, in order to 
take the guards out and lock them behind the glass door, which I thought was good fun. And then the wonderful moment where he's uh, throwing one one guard away and uh, kicks the lift button to open yeah, the door at cool. the same time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I know it's very difficult to talk about action sequences on the podcast, but I did really enjoy that this moment. It felt like um, it did feel like, as you as you mentioned on the one one podcast, John, uh, it felt like that kind of Tai Chi sped up. It felt like the dance. Yeah, using, it's, it's, using his body movement to take out much stronger, much like, powerful people. It, it's a lot lighter compared to Daredevil. It, it's Daredevil is a much more brutish kind of fighting style so yeah it's much lighter and he's much more he's much soberer than jessica jones's form of uh fighting (laughs) you know Uh, and and he's he's got less anger than say luke cage has you know luke cage has has a bit of fury in him i think Mm -hmm. um and and of course is it is really kind of again boxing and street level sort of uh survival kind of fighting and and this is definitely lighter and you you know you can see it move from again the meditation and the the, the slow tai chi movements in the park and you see it being sped up there mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoyed him tapping the the call button for the elevator i thought that was a nice little touch mm-hmm. um and yeah, I mean, I, I really thought um, it, it it was good, and even I think with some of the the other fights, you know, it, it's I, I I loved how when um, is it the security guards again come after him after he's been to Colleen Wings, yeah, Shannon. Uh, uh, Shannon, that's it, and he, um, you know, he he runs away and he just skips up like a, a really tall wall down one of the alleyways and and one of the other guards is chasing after him and I, I actually just loved the idea then he kind of looks up and it's like okay how do I get up this whereas for Danny Rand it's like a hop skip and a jump yeah and um, even getting into his old house I, I absolutely loved the way he kind of floated up to the what the the first or second floor of that and I, I was also thinking ow when uh, you know he uses the the spike of the railings around the house to kind of like lift off up the side of the house, I just that's kind of like that was visually like stubbing my toe, um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, on the side of a table. I, but right. I, I I thought that was really cool that it, that lightness to, yeah, I, to I, the fighting. I definitely agree with you, on, on, particularly on that scene because that's kind of the first time we see his powers as such. The rest of them seem like they are just martial arts skills. Um, that scene where he jumps and gets into the apartment it feels almost preternatural i guess you'd, you'd call it it's kind of yeah. sort of supernatural but not unbelievable a really well shot scene again i think it's david armstrong that did all this all those kind of moves for him really good job so it's slightly sped up it feels slightly un unlike a human but it doesn't feel unrealistic which is which is a difficult balance to, to do on a show on a tv show yeah and i think from in my opinion this fight style and potentially that scene in general, it's all going to be about precision and agility. Mm-hmm. So when he was in that first fight at Rancorp, he was so precise that he wasn't completely hurting them. He wasn't. He was just kind of disarming them and moving them out of his way with those kind of sweeps lefts and then those kind of um, holds in such a way like... What I want to see is when we're going to get fights later on, probably in season episode two, episode three, four, who knows, um, where he does potentially lose some of that precision and that control. That's going to be very interesting. And then the agility bit. Okay, so the spike bit got annoyed me 
because <laughs> I was like, well, hold on. How would he? He weighs like what a buck eighty. There's no way he's not, it's not his foot's not going to get like somewhat jammed in there. I was like, unless he he's like been walking barefoot. Well, potentially for like he was eighteen around, years. He was walking around New York City barefoot. Do you know how much glass is on the streets of New you York? Know how much syringes are <laughs> on the streets of New York. <laughs> I was like, dude, like. Think of the, the badness. I, I did like the uh, I did like the running gag of everybody asking him why doesn't he just buy some shoes? You know, if he thinks yeah. he's a billionaire, buy some shoes for Yeah, his, exactly. Uh, if you want to give that two dollars back to me, how about you buy some shoes? Yeah, nice, nice yeah. running gag. And then just kind of continuing on in the agility bit, um, as you said, it was Armstrong who probably his stunt double and stuff. And I think I want to see more of that because of the yeah, it looks so as you said preternatural that. It was almost too soon to see it um, for me. In other words, I haven't, if they had of like, I don't know. I don't know. It was like, I think I just want to see more use case of, of maybe like him using that in a fight. Totally. So doing like a flip or something. Definitely. If they had done that and then showed him jumping and scaling, I was like, okay, great. I think this uh, episode needed it though. I'm sure we'll get on to what our final thoughts about the episode were yes. later on, but I think this episode needed moments like that so you could see something coming up in the future. Yes, oh, I, exactly. absolutely. But I, I think, um, like, I, I must say, I did feel that, you know, we're talking about a fight with, with Rancorp um, and Shannon and the guards there. And, you know, there were other encounters along the way uh, as well. Um, I kind of, and maybe this is kind of coming to um, another point, um, which is, is him meeting sort of Colleen Wing. But, like, I kind of felt that it would have been good to have seen those two go head-to-head in her club mm. um, to really get a full kind of idea or range or of what he can do up against another um uh, another master. person who's who's proficient and yeah a master who's proficient in uh in these martial arts yeah um i i thought that would have been really good to see i mean I, it's it's not so much uh, of an issue that i i didn't but i mean i i kind of felt that it was building to that, even just the fact that he comes in and challenges the dojo. The moment um, that she rejects the challenge, just my face dropped going, no, don't reject yeah, the challenge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was actually thinking, can she? Is, is there a... I, I, I really need to check this up, obviously, and I'll check it up for the, the next podcast, but I mean, is there a protocol that is so kind of uh, maybe rigid in that that she can't do that. I kind of had that feeling that that would be the case. And and then it I just think, pulled think, away. Yeah, um, I, think, I think the joke about it is that, shut up, Danny, you're in New York. Uh, you don't yeah, get to challenge somebody exactly. in their dojo as a master. I train people to do martial arts. I'm, this isn't, you know, this isn't the ancient Orient. Uh, but I, I think that's where it would have been really, um, really good to ha- have have shown that mm-hmm. to some extent but let's um, talk about you know? jessica henwick as colin wing because that is one of one of our other points uh, that we have i really do like her in this episode i like how, how she's just trying to get rid of danny the whole time i like i like um that interaction between the two of them uh, they're very connected characters in the comic book and we know she's going to form a central part of the show um i do like that there's that there's that kind of interplay with them that they don't form a friendship straight off the bat um she seems to have money problems in the show. Colin Wing's character um, seems to be holding classes all the time to try and keep her head above water. Um, a very simple solution here is she finds out that Danny's a martial artist and 
gives him some classes to train at her dojo and then boom money problem solved because he could probably uh, sort out some of the problems she's having uh, in the dojo is his is his gag to her about do you teach kung fu classes is that supposed to be that people will come for kung fu but won't come from other other martial arts because they know kung fu better is that yeah i think it's I, I think so i think it's the idea that you know you should do kung fu it will get more people in yeah. absolutely yeah um and certainly I, I like their initial encounter in the park. I like that kind of waltz around the billboard where, you know, she's like, keeps edging around it to get away from him to, yeah. to, to shut him off. And he just goes the other way. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact that it is a bit frosty, um, from her. And, she, and she's kind of like, I, I, I don't want to get into this. Yeah. I, the, you know, what are you doing? But then I, I do like the fact that obviously with him being attacked when he leaves her, her her club that you know she follows him but she doesn't help and i think you said it derek that you know she was just like watching him mm. uh, and i thought that was really she i, I like that i like the fact that there's all of a sudden you know her her intrigue has been pipped here and, yeah. and like she 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 kind of goes on the journey i mean just that that shot of her at the top of that huge wall uh that danny's just scaled and the guy that's been chasing after him yeah i thought that was cool i thought that was a really cool like shot um of her down on top standing on top of the wall with the the practice sword um just watching absolutely do you really remember cool. that do you remember that uh, simpsons episode chris where the mob get attacked by some chinese guys outside uh homer's house and marge oh, drags yeah. him back inside and he goes no the guy over there in the suit's gonna do something cool i have to see it that's what Colleen Wing felt like in this episode where she's got her white samurai sword hanging at her side um, looking after Danny and she's standing on the top of the wall and you're going, she's got to do something cool in a second. Oh, okay. Maybe that, next episode. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, she's going to jump. She's going to jump. Uh, uh, I was like, superhero landing. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, maybe not. But it is funny that you mentioned the uh, their initial meeting, John, where she's sticking up the poster for her uh, for her. Um, her school, her, her martial arts school, because that's how we were introduced to Colin Wing and the little Easter egg in Luke Cage, where where um, Claire Temple picks up the the uh, the tickets to go in, to go to take martial arts or take self defense courses from Colin Wing. Was anybody else staring at every single poster on that, going, "Who would be the guy that's training acoustic guitar? Is that another superhero? Does Moon Knight do acoustic guitar?" Or something? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I I wonder is that how Claire Temple is going to be uh, introduced. Is that she will turn up there because of that link to Luke Cage? Like, yeah. obviously, you know, is that link uh, into this? Yeah, she's uh, either taking self defense courses or she's at the AA meeting after everything. Well, she's yeah, seen. that's true. <laughs> Thursday night. Uh, for me, Colleen, the introduction of Colleen, I, I liked. It was over very quick, and I think it was. I would have liked more banter there very quickly, but I suppose. See, I, I think I'm, I'm almost wanting too much too quickly at this point. Mm -hmm. I think the pacing was correct. Um, the overall banter in the studio was fantastic. That was me seeing Danny at his most boyish grin charm yeah. that I liked. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then her throwing him the shoes. I thought that was great. Um, the chase after... Um, so there was a bit that kind of, I don't know whether I blinked and I missed it, okay. but after the chase, when she's in the crowd staring at him and he turns around and tries to see her, does he not see her or does he, he see her? 
he doesn't. He's, he doesn't he's aware, see. It. He's aware there's someone else watching him. I think is is because he. You get a sense that Danny Rand does have an awareness around him um, when the other members of, the, of that were sent by Ward, the other security guards, um, were sent by them. You can tell that he's kind of able to sense that they're close a little bit. And Almost I like a Spidey sense. Kind of like that, yeah. Kind yeah. Of, okay. yeah. Probably not as, as powerful as, as Spidey sense. A dragon um, sense. A dragon sense. Like <laughs> uh, but you kind of get that, that feeling that he's noticed that Colleen's around, but she disappears into the crowd before he makes eye contact with her. Okay. I, I, I questioned that. I was like, why would she not go up and see is he okay? Or what was happening? Or like, well, you just got chased by a load of men. And got shots fired at you. What did you... No, nothing like that. Maybe. Um, but she may have been, like, that... I don't know whether I would approach someone who had just been shot at. Yeah. That would be like... I suppose, actually... Yeah. I would be putting in myself in a situation that I wouldn't like. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think I want to get involved in No, actually, to be fair, thinking about that, like, going, yeah, some guy just got shot at in New York. You'd be like, yep, I'm walking away. Absolutely. Yeah, I would be like, um, okay, I shall just get into the, the, the sewer system here just to uh, escape or something or, or nip in, you know, <laughs> up, up one of the fire escapes up uh, the side of the, the buildings. But right. um, I just want to come back, actually, Chris, on your pacing. that You said you thought the pacing was good. I would agree with you now. We've watched it twice. And actually, uh-huh. the first time watching it, maybe it wasn't so much the pacing, actually. Maybe it wasn't so much the pacing. But obviously, this is a very tonally different Marvel Netflix show compared to Daredevil. Certainly, you know, if you think that it, he's um, been trained in martial arts, the, the spirituality and so on of Buddhism, he will not want to kill, for example. You know, that, that, that idea yeah. of, of killing his enemies would be pulled back. I mean, in the same way that uh, as Daredevil, yeah. but Daredevil doesn't mind, it's not that he wants to kill them, but he certainly doesn't mind beating, to, beating them to the point of death. Yeah. And obviously it's a much bloodier kind of thing. Um, but, but he will not kill. That was, I, that's the big well, yeah. I castle in season did two, so feel it was quite pulled back and quite restrained. Mm. Um, th- this first episode, certainly when I watched it um, the first time, it, it felt like it was warming up in terms of that pacing being. I, I felt a little slow in terms of yeah. uh, of what it did. I thought the returns back to Central Park. I think we saw him there three times with Big Al. I thought that, that I didn't know whether they needed to do that um, as much. I thought, but then maybe that there is something there, obviously, uh, that that is bigger than that. And of course, I think we will be coming on to that. But I, I, it, it was only in watching it a second time that actually I connected with the show. And I think that's just coming back to me that you know the comparison with the previous shows. Um, mm. I think is inevitable and I just I did feel it was fairly pulled back but I I, I liked it you know don't sell yourself short um I personally felt this this seemed like episode five or six of some of the other shows it felt like the exposition episode I know they're trying to set up a new world here I know this is the upper east side of New York it's all about money it's all about the one percenters versus the homeless guy that's a lot of the storyline that's going on in this episode but it felt like it didn't have, and sorry about the pun, but it didn't have the punch I would have expected from 
Iron Fist, the Marvel TV show, um, it felt like it needed a big moment. You know, Jessica Jones had that big moment right at the end of the episode that kind of stated its claim and said, this is going to be a difficult show to watch. We, you've just seen a girl shoot her two parents in a lift and I'm about to walk away, but actually I won't. Um, each of the shows has had a big moment in their first episode that goes, this is who we are. This is what we're here to do. And I felt this episode was more, here are our characters. Follow us for episode two when you want to know more about the characters. Do you know what I mean? Uh, no, I do. hundred percent. So, um, the pacing, I just, I think I was more just kind of, they, it was, it was good. I won't say great, but it was good. Yeah, I, I, they, I agree with you now. Definitely. Yeah. After a second watch, I think the pacing was cool. Yeah. And then I think that, that they tried to cram so much character into it. Yeah. That it missed that ho moment. And I think what we're there, I don't know. I got a feeling it was almost like Boston legal. <laughs> if you kind of get my draft in yeah. terms of, it was like, this is all going to be about Rand Corp and Rand Enterprises and the, the fight in there and the Meachams and, oh no, he stole her, his business, blah, blah, blah. That was almost, they focused so much on the characters. They forgot about actually setting a full world yeah. and giving yeah. us that. Here we are planting your flag. You are going to get supernatural. You're going to get chi. You're going to get like, we'll, we'll get to it later. But when the, when Ward went upstairs behind locked doors and stuff, I was like, oh great. We're going to get the, the, the evil potentially hand. We're going to get Madame Gao. We're going to get like straight away. And then they had another reveal, but it wasn't as <gasps> as I wanted. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think we should get into that. Yeah, now. I think we should get into that in terms okay, of yeah. uh, our fourth point, definitely in terms of meet the Meachams. Right. Um, I, I would, I completely agree with you on on, on that, Chris. I think that if if you like, I I actually thought David Wenham was really cool as uh, as Harold Meacham. Actually, I really liked him. I loved how he treated Ward, and I'm not surprised he did. Wouldn't we all want to treat Ward like an absolute dick? Um, to to be honest, uh, you know, what what did they say? He was a dick as a kid uh, and a dick now. I mean, yeah. the he, he's played really well as that nasty douchebag. Uh, really, definitely. Um, I, I really enjoy. I really, I, I, I really enjoyed the the, the character because he's played so obnoxiously, and I, I really like David Wenham in terms of his treatment, and you can kind of see why Ward is like he is. But I kind of felt that well, we knew he wasn't dead because, like, and that's, that's the thing. The reveal wasn't really a reveal because we knew David Wenham was Harold Meacham in the show, and um, he was being touted as being dead yet we've seen him in the trailer and if you think of how they kept vincent d'onofrio secret with for the second season of daredevil yeah um you know and and some of the other uh withholds that the marvel netflix have done i i just feel that do you know i almost wish they hadn't even um advertised or, or or marketed the fact that David Wenham was in it. Yeah, the character really doesn't matter to fans of the comic books. Nobody really knows Harold Meacham that much. They kind of know him, but it doesn't matter if you've no, created yeah. Ward and Joy Meacham as the two characters who are the protagonists of the show. And to have that reveal that he's dead 
at the beginning because it's a newspaper article that 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 um, Danny reads. And then to have it revealed 10 minutes later, oh, no, he's not dead. It felt like, OK, that's that. You didn't need the reveal that he was dead and then that he wasn't. He could have said nothing and just yeah. have Ward go to Harold Meacham's house and meet him. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm presuming one of the things that, did, that I did think that come, came out of it uh, when we were just watching the episodes, it does feel like Joy, um, Joy Meacham, the daughter, doesn't realise that Harold's alive. Absolutely. There's yeah. something about her interactions with Danny that she seems to think that Harold is dead maybe Ward's the only one that knows no absolutely I, I i really i really want to see how that plays out because um ward and joy they seem like they're you know quite close uh, as two siblings yet you know the flashback to them on top of the roof you realize that you know teenager ward was being nasty to the young danny yeah. um you know she's the one that is um doubting her but her the word of her brother to some extent or maybe she's not because ultimately she does act against danny uh by drugging him uh later on but uh you know she, she seems the one that is the the most accessible for the audience in terms of normality and and, and I, I do think um that kind of revelation to her if potentially we're going to get that that her dad is not dead mm. um i think is going to be really interesting I, so. i'm kind of looking forward to seeing how that plays out absolutely yeah as i said the reveal was like oh uh, and i think that's the <laughs> best way of putting it my heart yeah. kind of went uh, uh. like okay cool i can kind of guess there is some comic book precedence as to Harold Meacham and the importance he plays. I'm not going to get into it. Absolutely, Chris. And I, I know we did talk about it on the 101. Sorry, I didn't want. I, I did think when I was saying that earlier on that uh, that that might come across incorrectly. What I meant was, I know he has a huge part to play in the comic books because I'm, I'm definitely aware of that storyline. Um, yeah. Not going to talk about it because it will. I think it will spoil the later later uh, parts of the show. I don't think they set it up correctly in the show to have any relevance to an audience who's watching it for the first time. Exactly, and that is my problem with this. Yeah, my problem with the Meacham. I've I've multi, I've problems with the whole Meacham element of this this show so far. Okay. Um, I Joy's character was like they set her up for. Well, first I'm gonna go I'm gonna go through Joy first. Joy's character was set up as the doubting sister that kind of um she was didn't she seemed a bit more oh maybe it is Danny she was softer and then she got harder and basically by the end of the first episode her standing over Danny I was like well maybe okay no they've just tried to sell her to me as this more soulful character who's potentially open to helping Danny and talking to Danny oh Mm -hmm. no no she's just another bad guy yeah absolutely but I don't I don't think the selling her as the opposite of Ward, I think th- there's a loyalty there to him as the brother. And I suppose, I know what you mean. I think she's the most accessible. She's obviously the doubting Thomas kind of, you know, she, she is questioning it, but then also I think she is kind of with her brother. So I think she's still possibly good and she'll be the first to accept Danny, but I think it takes, it will take yeah. time. Yeah. Because he also did break into our house, which would freak probably anyone okay, yeah. in that That's sense. That's potentially true. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think uh, I think Ward does make a very good point. If they're if they are going through a business expansion and someone's coming in to undermine the business, um, that's a very good point. That'll that'll turn you around pretty quickly from thinking 
this blonde haired person is the same blonde haired person that I thought died 15 years ago. Like if you, if you put that in context, if you've had a funeral and you're now living in the house of someone that you think is dead and you are running their business for 15 years, you're probably not going to jump the jump to the conclusion that this person is telling the truth when they pop up on your doorstep and can't prove anything at all. So I think a person like Joy is probably very willing to accept that uh, that that Danny's not telling the truth to her. So any opportunity or any uh, any explanation given to her will make her uh, change back her opinion. So while she, while he may know a few things, he doesn't tell her anything particularly as she says that he couldn't find out on the internet you know um he, yeah. was, he was about to and then said i broke into your house basically which yeah <laughs> probably didn't yeah. set him in the right Surprise. standing with it yeah um so they're getting on to ward so the second went... evil ward in the marvel cinematic universe after i know uh, after Grant which is in, great in and he is he is very much second place mm-hmm. in my opinion right now absolutely they they purposely went out of their way to show how much of a dick he is. <laughs> to the point it was like, okay, we get it. Uh-huh. We understand. And I I, I want to... St- basically, he, right now, he's a one-dimensional character. Like, he literally is a dick who is subservient to his father. Yeah. That is that is the, 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 the... He's commanding and all that. There's no depth to his character right now and that is a potential worry for me but i know again it's the first hour it's going to be fine it's going he's a good the actor who plays ward is fantastic Mm -hmm. i've seen him in other shows and i think he's going to be able to do it then finalizing up on harold just that the portrayal was great the reveal wasn't necessary at this early yeah absolutely unless harold is now the cotton mouth and Gao is the Diamondback. No, that's I, how we're gonna get it. I'm not. Unless they're setting it that way. I ho- I hope they don't do it like that, and I I I don't think they they will. Um, well, maybe they will. I I don't know, but I I hope they don't do it like that because I mean, certainly in the trailer, there is that moment where okay, she's ultimately in control by the looks of it. She's giving him instruction, um, but whether you know, hopefully we see that. You know, at least we are going to see them working together, which we never saw that with Cottonmouth mm-hmm. and, and Diamondback, really, in any great uh, amount. And I, I, I hope they don't kind of do that two-parter like they did that. with Luke Cage. I'm, I'm not entirely sure that they will. Um, I completely agree that I don't think... I, I think you could have left Ward on the phone call in his office. He didn't need to go over, and or we didn't need to see him... Yeah go over there you just needed to see him getting direction from someone external and it would have kept harold meacham in the background still as you say we didn't need to see him mm-hmm. um you just, maybe just add a little more depth to the storyline that he's supposed yeah. to be dead for 10 years um and and then you know even like the the how they introduced kingpin so late in daredevil in the first season you know keeping that back that 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 shadowy figure because we could have just thought it was madame gao from from the trailer yeah uh you know yeah, exactly um even though as well as we had seen him in the trailer and again that's why i think they should have just been 
a little less liberal with how they had used um, yeah. D- David Wenham in this and I think in the trailers. Leave his role a bit more of a mystery, whereas it's kind of been put there on a plate really early on, and maybe that's fine. Uh, maybe this is, you know, needs to be done like that because the way the story is going to evolve is going to be, you know, much quicker through to Madame Gao and um, Steel Serpent, drugs, um, and this impending, you know, threat to New York City. I, I kind of to, to wrap this point because I kind of want to go on to spend one more piece uh, to our final point, but I wonder if the pacing and everything about this show was done because, and we mentioned this on the one on one. Could this be because Iron Fist is potentially the least known character to everyone in that, like, he's a, it's the Asian connection, it's the dragon, it's the, the Iron Fist. Like, people probably wouldn't have known who he was initially. So I think they need to get, well, this is almost like, this is what you're going to get, like, throw everything at you and trying to get in one episode. I wish that's what they were doing, Chris, and that's and that's kind of my point. That we, I, I promise we'll save some of this for a wrap-up, but um, kind of my point about the episode was I wish that they had thrown everything at the screen and shown you what you were going to get in the series. At the moment, this feels like we've got a guy with martial arts who's in a courtroom drama, as you said, or a, in, a, in a business drama, and that's kind of all we got. We didn't get everything on the screen about well, there's a dragon and there's a, there's a, an ancient oh, yeah. city coming along. Yeah, yeah, all absolutely. That stuff. That, if they'd thrown all of that stuff in yeah. there in the episode, and and that's of course a very difficult balance to to do. Absolutely, but. and I I I think the idea of having the fight with Colleen and maybe having him then you know chased from there by these three assailants, and you you, you don't really introduce um, Harold Meacham, but you you see his hand glow or something like that. Even, even, even with, uh, Danny versus the doggy, um, you know, when he was doing the chi thing, I kind of thought, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it have been nice because you've, you've got his, both his hands, you know, the camera's focused on both his hands that not a, a, a wild violent glow, like when he's really, you know, using it to, to punch, uh, and, and, and as a, a ranging kind of weapon, but that you, there was some kind of aura coming from it. So do you get that hint? Because that is what he's about. And that would have said, this is Iron Fist. And maybe then right at the end, you see that real, um, that glow of his fist as he's com- combating, um, you know, the, the, the three security guards. And that would have been its, its punch. Yeah. Pardon yeah. the pun. We're going to be saying that so much. We will. We will. It's better um, than some of the other puns we could have You know? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the other thing I'm wondering, maybe, perhaps, we have had resurrection in Daredevil of one of the major characters connected with Madame Gowan, connected with the Hand. Possibly the reason why we have this early introduction of Harold and the reason he's been in hiding for over 10 years, they say, uh, is potentially he did die of cancer. Um that would be intriguing. That would be an interesting. Yeah, that would be good. That would be a good one. Um, and maybe and now he's now he's indebted to Madame Gao because she brought him back. Yeah, perhaps. Okay, that if that is that or something similar is the actual twist. I will forgive all sins because then that is 
I won't forgive all sins for that. Not all sins, but most sins. Yeah. But like, that's almost very much a magician. Look at my left hand, left hand, my right hand. Don't look at my right hand. Look yeah. at my left hand, and then there we go. Exactly. That's yeah. That would be good. So that is my prediction. That will be proven wrong next episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we need to have one for this episode, uh, guys. You want to move on to our our fifth point? We're um. We have yes. a small point, really, but the, but it's an interesting one. Um, the Central Park recentering of Danny Rand, uh, as he seems to go back, and and he's in the probably the biggest green environment in in most of New York, isn't it? Central Park. It's a really green environment, really natural nature environment, and yeah. that's where he keeps going back to to recenter himself yeah. throughout the episode. Not There's naturist, the, not naturist. No, <laughs> yeah, that's something different. Yeah. Although very late night in in, uh, in Central Park. Probably yeah, I, I was wondering if that was going to be a problem with where they had set camp. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> um, so. For me on this, I understood it the first time. Mm-hmm. The second time, I was like, okay. And third time was just a beat on the head. Um, <laughs> we get introduced to Al. Uh, and I like this. Big Al. I was like, oh, brilliant. This is going to be the, the character. He's going to be the centering for Danny. He'll be mm-hmm. the um, he'll be the, the, the foggy to Danny to a degree. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I thought it was going. Or the Hogarth, yeah. Or the Hogarth, uh, but no, they completely like that character had aside from giving him access to a phone. But why a homeless guy has access uh, to an iPhone and data? Oh no, he said he <laughs> stole it. I love that moment where he goes, uh, do you want to search up anything on the internet Uh, until the person who I stole it from finds out and cancels the data? (laughs) Good little joke. Okay, I missed that part. But I just, I don't don't think that character was needed except for that one part and his death was unimpactful to me. It was just like, meh, okay, shame. Um, I know, I felt really bad because I was watching him thinking, like yourself, this is going to become a major character. This is going to be where Danny comes back. This guy mines his stuff while Danny's off doing the other things in the city he needs to do. And yeah, he's got some great little lines there, a little gag about, you know, uh, I have I have the internet on my phone. I found my sister. She's still a bitch. Um, yeah. n- nice little gags from him. And I thought there was some good interplay between the two characters. I thought there was more about him as well. He was talking about historically humans didn't work. They were hunters and gatherers. And then money was developed and they, they went into businesses and they went into buildings. Not me. I've kept that. And I was going... Is he saying he's ten thousand years old here? Is he saying there's some big, big history for him? And then it's like, no, no, he's a he's a junkie. Yeah, but then with <laughs> with, with the tattoo with the eagle, then as well that that connection there. So yeah, I mean, I presume he is dead, and I mean, actually, but there will be something more about him though. Yeah, but if he is as well, if he he's dead and gone, I mean, I can I completely agree with you, Chris. Like. Going back so often to the park to that little center of central park and that those interactions with him just felt then a bit unnecessary mm-hmm. that they, they were, yeah. he, he didn't we didn't need four scenes with him four or five scenes with him where and and that interaction maybe one and you just leave it at that but i mean obviously that tattoo has got some significance to Danny channeling his kind of focus and chi into the the eagle. Oh, I didn't get that. I just thought it was like he looked at. I thought it was going to be like it was just a tattoo. Well, it could be, and that's the thing. If we don't see him back, then actually that would make that scene even 
it would make it even le- yeah. less sense. Or, or somebody else yeah. with, the ta- with the tattoo. That's yeah. that's my feeling. Either that or well, that the, Yeah, so it's a cult or a, another kind of uh, order or, or, of something. I, uh, like, it, it feels like Danny obviously is hiding quite a big tattoo at the moment. Um, yes. And the reason why he would particularly pick out the hawk tattoo or the bird tattoo is because he knows somebody else who has that tattoo. So if that's connected to the other heavenly cities or something like that, we'll probably find it out later in further episodes. But I do think there is a connection there. I do think there was a reason for Big Al to be there. I just felt in this episode, maybe it was too much or shown too often. And the other really interesting thing is that he does make the reference to Bleecker Street uh, and, and when he hands over the deli sandwich mm-hmm. to Danny Rand. So yes. uh, little Doctor Strange Easter egg there. Uh, Bleecker Street. That's where Doctor Strange lives. That's where the Sanctum Sanctorum is. That's where the Sanctum is. In case you didn't join us for the Summer of Strange podcasts. Uh, And if you haven't, you need to go back because John was just happy for our entire summer. I was so happy. It was fantastic. But that's a little Easter egg. Uh, That's one um, that I spotted there. Yeah, I picked up a terrible Easter egg which is that uh, that when Danny is talking about something strange happening and they need to have a discussion about it, he uh, he goes to have some, some tea with the Meachams. That's what he wants to have happen, and that's exactly what the Ancient One tries to do with uh, with Doctor Strange when she when he comes around to her house and wants to explain something strange, <laughs> gives him a bit of tea. Terrible Easter eggs in this first episode. <laughs> yes. So Central Park. So for me, the, if that tattoo doesn't pan out, then yes, that was completely unnecessary mm-hmm. unless it's like a heavenly body one of the heavenly cities um and it, it's a, a different tattoo and it's a cult or an order and unless that guy is from one of the cities and when he was speaking about the ten thousand years yeah he it actually is it makes sense he's been around for ten thousand years because he's disappearing off into one then fantastic if not i'm like that was useless yeah but that brings us on to the hawk so I had a massive problem with this because I did not know Iron Fist had a certain connection power. Um, so when we see a hawk flying above the skyline and him meditating in the, the I was like, you what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is he like, is he seen through the eyes of the hawk? What? What? Because it didn't explain it. I know. It was reminding me of Marshall Bravestar, an old, uh, an old nineties or eighties, uh, character or cartoon character who had the eyes of a hawk and could see through the eyes of a hawk now that i'm thinking about it now that you're saying it i had exactly the same issue that you had chris as well while watching the episode but i'm wondering if it was just kind of metaphorical it was just saying that he was able to become one with the animals become one with nature kind of thing because he wasn't using the hawk to go and spy on anybody you know that would have been that would have completely taken me out of it, and it kind of did at the time. It took me out of it a little bit. But if he was using the hawk to spy on somebody by communing with it, that's a very different thing than just his relaxation techniques being like flying over the city. If if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I did think okay. it was a bit weird. Yeah, it just it just did not sit with me. Um, yeah, it just that uh, that took me out of it enough that I was like, what. <laughs> It was almost like that sound internally, mentally in my head. It just went, <laughs> my half of my brain just went, nope, we're out of here. We're done. Bye. Overall, it was, I, I don't see the significance unless yeah. that becomes his sanctuary and he stays in Central Park. So he's part of that green, part of that nature. Then it is a wasted time. Uh, no, two, two scenes are wasted. Um, completely. So 
guys, I think that's our five points, and I just we all have. I think we all have a few notes. Mm, so, do we want to just kind of go through our some of our notes? Yeah, definitely. Um, we have Doggy Danny facing his doggy double uh, <laughs> in, in, in his old house. Um, if you have not been with us over on our Facebook group, this may be difficult. To yes, explain. it may be difficult to, to understand. But um, there is a suggestion that with his raggedy hair and, and, and his big bushy beard, uh, and certainly uh, one of the trailer scenes uh, where the axe or, or some kind of weapon flies past him and he he looks at it and whizzes past it as uh, it flies past him that there's there's a little cute fluffy doggy there in, in Danny Rand and here we have him facing his doggy double uh, in terms of a I think it was a Rottweiler um and he's able to commune with the dog <laughs> um, and I mean I I think that's kind of similar then with with the hawk that maybe he's you know Using the chi, using that power to uh, control, get inside, and, and and impose his will on this dog. And the so dog, I'm he, one with the chi. The chi is with me. Is that maybe like possibly? <laughs> um, and so uh, yeah, I I really like this um, this little face off with uh, Danny Rand and the dog. So I will have to say to Rebecca and Claire, Claire from Defenders Podcast, and uh, Rebecca from our group. And um, you, because of their discussions for the last three and a half months, when this scene came up in the first episode of Iron Fist, I couldn't stop laughing. Um, the idea that they've included a scene of Doggy Rand communing with another dog uh, made me laugh. So that one for you guys. Uh, most of our other listeners will have no idea why we find it hilarious. No, but, but I think maybe we should put up that little gif onto the <laughs> Facebook group. Um, yeah, We briefly discussed it in our 101. Um, every title is... A, a martial arts move um and we were looking up this one so the title of this episode is snow gives way um it seems it is a move from um a the shaolin kung fu right and i i tried to look it up if google images is correct then it is a move where you're down with one leg stretched out uh-huh. one down kind of like you're doing a uh, a lunge with your knee close and one arm uh, kind of extended out to the side, p- palm down, and the other forward would like an almost come at me man kind of move. Okay. okay. I don't remember him doing this in the, the actually in the episode. Oh, no. So I'm a bit like, maybe it's not the right move. Unless that um, was the move he was doing in the park when he, when he sees Colleen Wing. Was that maybe it? Is potentially. That, but I don't know. No, I One really of us don't. Needs to go and learn kung fu, boys. In the next, in the next couple of weeks, <laughs> yes. we need to become Shaolin masters. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, our listeners could help with this. This mm. is where we want. This is we want to kind of put a almost a note. We want to include your notes on this because we'll try our best. But this is kind of out of my wheelhouse to a degree. Whiskey watch and um, Easter egg hunts. <laughs> that's kind of fun. We can figure that out. Uh-huh. We can, we're pretty good with that. Those one's comic books and the other is alcohol. We're, we're down with those. <laughs> we're pretty good. Kung Fu mastery, not so much. The only thing I could think of, and I was, I was trying to think, was it like the, um, was it like the Luke Cage episodes where the song title is connected with what's going on in the show? Um, snow gives way is I think the kind of end of that phrase is kind of snow gives way to grass shoots. So this being the opening episode, this is just saying that it's coming into 
kind of the the spring of the story. There's the the thrust of the story is going to be uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, okay. Uh, the return of Danny Rand to the city is a brand new change in the lives of a lot of people in the city. So snow is giving way to grass shoots. In a way, that's what I'm guessing. Grass is green. So is Danny Rand's suit. Uh, one. Um, look, it, it's a guess. And but little yes. puppies love rolling around in the grass. You know? <laughs> but yes, Chris is absolutely right, listeners. If you can get in contact with us uh, on the titles of the episodes, some of them are a bit spoilery, I understand. Uh, we The episode titles on the previews are just 101, 102, 103. So, um, so we believe the name of this episode of Snow Gives Way will know on Friday at 7 a.m. Uh, but if you want to get in contact with us, just email us over at feedback at defenderstvpodcast.com if you've worked out what each of the moves could be, and we'll talk about them on the episodes. Absolutely. So, are, are there any other notes? Uh, my one for the episode is uh, the music at the beginning of the episode uh, is by Outcast, so fresh and so clean. Great track. I actually really do like Outcast. Uh, but I like the, 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 the idea of it. It's, it's the fact that Danny left New York City carrying an iPod uh, 15 years ago, that song was released in um, the year 2000, 17 years before he released. So that would be absolutely the type of music that Danny would have brought with him uh, on board his plane in his, in his uh, very old school iPod. Cool. That'd be cool if they keep that theme kind of like the majority of the music is all 15, 17 years old. That'd mm-hmm. be a nice twist. Yeah, it would be nice, wouldn't it, actually? Yeah. When music was better, and, yeah. and would it, it also would explain why he's a why he's more of a rap fan, and that's possibly how we'll have a bit of a connection yeah. with uh, with Luke. And, and speaking of of twists, Chris, um, the the taxi flip, I really liked that as well, right in front of Joy Meacham. How can we not thought, talk about that? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. That you know, uh, lightning reflexes here, and just the 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 the, the back flip over. The taxi to avoid obviously uh, being run over like a dog um, uh, in, in the street, uh, you know. So it was that I really, really enjoyed. And actually, I loved the other car scene as well with him uh, and uh, Ward Meacham. Uh, like I thought that was really cool. Um, where oh yeah, uh, oh. Ward pulls the gun on him. Like yeah, I can't believe I've not really said that actually. I just thought that was. I, again, just the intensity, the frustration, uh, the anger in Danny Rand, but yeah. also it's starting off with, um, look, I've been quite nice here and everyone's treating me like rubbish. Uh, will you just listen to me? And uh, like, Ward, the kahunas on him must be massive because, I mean, he like literally says something and says, well, you were on a, pl- they were on a plane. And it crashed. <laughs> they died, and they were never found again. And it was just like, okay, yeah, I, I think he wanted more than that. I think he work. knows that yeah. amount. Like, <laughs> and it just again just showed how obnoxious Ward uh, yeah. was. But I, I loved the kind of the intensity uh, and and the lines coming and and the brief flashback as as he's careering the car. I thought that was really tense, and I, I looked with the gun as well. I really enjoyed that that scene between the two of them because yeah. again, it, it it's the contrast between the two of them. I definitely um, thought that you know? scene was really tense, and partly because there is no possible way the car could travel for that long while the, while the flashback was going on. Um, yeah, before he went <laughs> well, off the true. side of the building, uh, I was kind of going, "No, it has to stop now." He said, "He said, please stop, Danny," like three times. Um, yeah, no, but but I mean that. <laughs> but the scene itself was yeah, fantastic. But I, I mean that's ultimately like that. Star Wars, the rebel base would have got blown up. Um, <laughs> like you know, like it's a huge planetary as 
ship as a nerd i was counting down we were getting a countdown yeah um and as i can i was like okay i'm sorry sorry rebellion but you're over (laughs) before you started because actually yeah the death star (laughs) would have blown up I think that's all of our notes, clearly, about just, the episode. Chris, do you have another one? Just for me, I just want to come in very quickly. Um, we used to talk about this back on Daredevil. Um, colour. The mm-hmm. use of actual visual colour in the episode. Right. So, actually, there was a lot of yellow. A lot of yellow. When you go back and watch it, it it's significant in when Ward's going up the stairs to meet his father. Yeah, that's it's true. It's all yellow. In Chinatown, it's all, all a lot of the neon is yellow. Yeah. Um. So, I was surprised they they I didn't think they'd do this to the level of Daredevil okay. with the red, but they are. Um. And I'm wondering, is this just a kind of almost I see what I want to see level here? So we'll see if it continues into the next yeah. episode and stuff. Yeah. Um. But it looks like they will be doing that from a visual perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that was one of my notes. The production designers are fantastic in this show. Lauren Weeks has been involved in all four of the of the uh, TV shows, actually five with uh, Daredevil season two as well. So, uh, so he has been involved, and in, and and they do their attention to detail is generally amazing. But I think you actually answered your own question just by the way you put it, Chris. You did say they are all yellow, just like the Coldplay song. Um, the, that is the reason why the Coldplay song is called that is because that is a Zen phrase, meaning it's all okay everything's all right it is it is another zen um as another zen phrase so a much more an eastern phrase effectively so um so they, yeah. yeah okay yeah, so we'll look out for that and we, we had a, we had another zen phrase in in the episode as well that those who seek the truth hold no opinions mm-hmm. uh when he's speaking with joy i think it was that anyway i yeah. might be misquoting but uh yeah so that was really good so i think on this point Chris, do you defend this episode, this first episode, Snow Gives Way, uh, of I'm Fist? Why did you have to start with me? Why did you have to start with me? Guys, and particularly John, I'm sorry. I do not defend this episode of Iron Fist, The Snow Gives Way. I think this was potentially the weakest of all episode ones of all the shows we have so far. Um, I don't know whether this was... No, I think I know enough about the character that this should have grabbed me in a lot more than it did. Now, I am not saying this is a bad episode. I am not saying that. I think there was just more wrong than there was right. And there could be multiple reasons. We've discussed a lot of them already on this episode. Um, but personally, if anything, this was like a 2.75 to nearly a 3 of fists. Like, if you want to <laughs> put it like that, it's just... Please don't. No, okay, I won't put it like that. But it didn't capture me enough. It didn't pull me in to go, oh my God, I need to binge. That that feeling of bingeness that Netflix is powerful for that jessica jones and daredevil it's still luke cage that highlight element mm-hmm. well luke cage to a lesser extent like the ending of this episode just made me go okay maybe i can find out next week yeah like you know it's like tune in next week or tune in now it was tune in next week and i just felt it just wasn't strong enough 
if you put this up against other shows on TV, it's miles better. Not now. There are some shows like Game of Thrones and uh, Shield that are stratosphere ahead, but it is still a good opening premiere to a show, just not a good opening premiere for a Marvel TV Netflix show. They need to do something quite big and quite spectacular in the second episode to get me to go, I'm sorry, I take it back. I see what you were trying to do. And maybe this is almost like a part one and a part two job, but it's just, no, I do not defend this episode. And I'm sorry, this hurts me more than it hurts our listeners and hurts John. But John, do you defend this episode of Iron Fist, Snow Gives Way? I only just defend this episode of Iron Fist. I give it three jujus out of five. (laughs) For much in the same reason as yourself, Chris, but I mean, I also feel that this is the first episode. Luke Cage was slowly paced as well. I mean, we we made that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, I, I don't so much have a problem with its pacing, but I definitely feel that There was some kind of factor, and I'm not entirely sure what it is, that just reined back from providing some kind of, whether it be a shock, and I don't mean that it, that they have to kill parents in a lift. I I, I think, you know, this is going to be tonally different. He's a billionaire. He's not an alcoholic. He's not a blind down and out in, in, in that sense, struggling with guilt. Uh, and is also not someone who's on the run. So he is the contrast of all the defenders in some respects. So I do think he is, and this show is going to be totally different. I don't have a problem with that Mm. either. I just felt that there were certain things that, it just felt like they were being restrained. It felt like they were being pulled back and that it was more than just slow paced. Like they they could ultimately have done this first episode in a very different way than focusing on billionaires having a corporate power struggle. And actually, the more I think about it uh, from our 101 and we were talking about how they were going to introduce this notion of... um. Shaolao uh, the Undying, Kun Lun. I actually think they should have just gone for it. Mm-hmm. And I think actually yeah. this first episode should not have even been set in New York, maybe to some extent. Or maybe we get the flashbacks, or actually the flash forwards to him arriving in New York and it, it being really segmented. And actually we get a full blown so that it is actually saying to the audience, this is completely different from Jessica Jones. It's completely different from Daredevil because this guy has been 15 years away from New York. He He's no longer from New York. Um, he has been trained in martial arts. He is dealing with the mystic and the spiritual. And when he comes back, he is different from the other three because he's not technically on that street level in that sense that is why i have issues with with this first episode however i loved how finn jones's portrayal i really enjoyed colleen wing i really enjoyed um harold meacham seeing him and the reason why i do just defend it is because um 
it is the first episode and actually watching it a second time it it was better for me that than the first one the first time I, I I watched it, so I do just defend this, um, and I'm really interested to see how it moves on. And it, it doesn't have to be in the next episode; it can be in three and four. I, I just I want to see what they're doing with this because this is so very different as an opener compared to the others, and I, I think it it just didn't have some kind of Marvel Netflix, but more importantly, Iron Fist factor. Yeah, I think the glowing hand would have been great or or the full-on we're in Kunlun and we're seeing that would actually have told this in a a different more exciting way and acknowledging that difference but I do uh, defend this episode um absolutely there were some really lovely touches in terms of like the foot tap the, the the climbing up the side of the building to see some of his powers um I I actually I really am enjoying uh Ward Meacham, I think he's just a nasty piece of work. He's an out and out. It might be one dimensional, maybe at this stage. He's just nasty, um, and I like that um, because it contrasts, and it sh- he should be seen as contrasting with with Danny Rand, who's who's lovely and puppy doggy uh, and <laughs> so on. So I do three juju's out of five, and with that bombshell, Derek, do you defend this episode of I'm Fist? There are three of us. I think it's a three for it's all three of us are around the three out of five that we're going to give it a, going to give it a chance because we're going to be doing all 13 episodes. We always do. There's no issue. There's no problem with the actors in this show at all. There's no, no problem with the, not with at the all. origin no. story that they have to create. There's loads there in Iron Fist and they've got a they're going to do it over 13 episodes. What I felt about this episode was have Netflix just dropped the ball a little bit on the idea that they know people binge watch these shows. They have the rights to Marvel. Have they just dropped the ball a little bit by kind of going, oh, it doesn't really matter how good or bad this particular episode is because people are just waiting that 13 seconds to go on to the second episode. Well, to be honest with you, this feels similar to some of the other shows that I didn't go back to on Netflix. It feels like the OA, which is supposed to be pretty good. I got through two episodes of that. Um, It feels like 12 Monkeys, which is supposed to be pretty good. Got through two episodes of that as well. It needs to pick up the pace. It needs to do what every other TV show does out there. Just because you've got 13 episodes doesn't mean your audience is going to watch all 13 episodes. They need to work harder on an opening episode to get people interested. There are always new people coming online on Netflix, flicking on a TV show and wondering what it's like. This should have been one of those ones that stood out alongside other episodes. If they have to wait two and a half hours to get to an episode that excites them, they're not going to wait two and a half hours. They're going to watch a movie. They're going to go to the cinema. Or they're, going to, they're going to take out Doctor Strange and watch it again on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you can't wait an hour. This was 56 minutes in this episode, and it felt like we're only just scratching the surface of who some of these characters are. And yeah, you're right. It did feel like an office drama, which isn't really my style and not what I expected from, from Marvel. So, um, so I'm giving it three because it's still a wait-and-see kind of recommendation. It's that's not a that's not a don't watch it. It's a wait and re- wait and see recommendation. I want to see episode two, uh, and I'm hoping this picks up in a couple of episodes because if it stays at this level of storytelling um, for the rest of the season, I, I think bad things are afoot. Um, yeah, for, well, for I, our I, thirteen <laughs> uh, thirteen hours of podcasting too. One other thing, um, you know, if you create the notion that Marvel can do no wrong, which 
that isn't entirely true either. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of looking back with rose-tinted specs. Well, to some I... extent. What I mean by that is that, you know, Agent's Shield is excellent now. I was very iffy on it in in the first season. You were? Um, I was. You um, were? You know, and, but what I mean is that has got, is what, in its fourth season. Mm-hmm. And it is fantastic now. Absolutely. It absolutely is. But this, as you say, has only 13 episodes to prove itself. It's, it's the first season. Mm-hmm. And it's the first half of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had stopped there, there would have been a potential that it wouldn't be as successful as it did uh-huh. uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and has become, uh, you know. So I, I I really hope it picks up the pace because that is my concern is that, of course, I'm going to go and watch 13 episodes of it is because, A, doing this podcast, but B, I'm an Iron Fist fan. And I will just... I will probably cry and sob and go, what have they done? If, but at the same time, look, it's its first episode and that I think we, we, we give it, it's just right. desserts. Okay. So let's not be overly negative. We did, we did find some good things that we enjoyed in the episodes. We're definitely going to be watching episode two. Directly oh, God, after yes. we record. Of course we are. We're, we're definitely going to be doing that. I don't, I hope we haven't come across as super negative on it. It's still three out of five jujus, was it, John? Yeah, it's three um, jujus. So, or so, three fists. Three fists. Right. And um, a tear. So we will be back uh, later on with episode two of our podcast, but we want to just do our final piece. We did actually get some feedback in after Woo-hoo! our Iron Fist 101. We did ask some of our listeners to record their thoughts about our awful pronunciations of things that were in the Iron Fist universe when we were doing our one-on-one. And our first piece of feedback is an audio piece of feedback from Ronaldo, all the way from Australia, who's giving us uh, his thoughts on what we talked about in our Iron Fist 101. Hi, guys. Just dropping a line, just with regards to pronunciations for all things Iron Fist. Uh, first off, uh, as I had read the comics, I always thought it was Kunlun, which I think a lot of people... Um, think as well but as confirmed uh, in the preview on Netflix uh, you see Danny saying Kun Lun um, second uh, Lee Kung the Thunderer I always read it and, and had it in my head as Lee Kung so I'm not sure if that's correct or not and finally uh, John makes mention of UT uh, again in my head as I read the comics I always read it as Tai, but um, that doesn't really make sense if you consider Shang-Chi. He's not exactly Shang-Chi. So uh, UT is probably the the best bet there. Um, Just also quickly um, on Iron Fist's power sets. Um, He's got a vast range of powers. Uh, I'm just wondering how many of those we'll kind of actually see on the show. Um, Apart from the obvious, uh, he's got uh, mind fusion, which I think he can share the consciousness of um, uh, other people kind of like Legion, and also using his chi as a ranged weapon. Um, I think might be a bit extravagant for the show, but, uh, yeah, just wanted your thoughts as to whether the, you think uh, we will see it on the show. Anyway, keep it up, and uh, can't wait for the show to start. Cheers. Thanks so much, Ronaldo, and your cats for joining us. For that Absolutely. <laughs> um, they were very vocal, too. Absolutely. Yeah, they, were. they were. Much like uh, to Charlie is uh, our, our podcast uh, who comes and joins us occasionally? Uh, yeah, thanks so much for that. It's really, uh, really interesting to hear other people's thoughts on the on our pronunciations as well. Because obviously, we've read comic books, so you whatever whatever you've read a book or a comic book, you read it in your own head, whatever way, until somebody else pronounces it. So uh, always interested to hear those. Absolutely, I shall endeavour to do better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should. 
Um, and, and also in terms of his powers, I really hope we see the range one, definitely. And I, yes. I, um, and I think, um, you know, in, in terms of that being able to sort of the mind control type element, I wonder if that's what we saw with the old uh, Eyes of the Hawk. Exactly where I was going with that. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe he can control animals to a degree, which... That better be it. Otherwise, that scene was useless. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love. I love this show. We're. I'm not. No more. No more. Again. Anyway, thank you so much, Ronaldo, and appreciate it. And I will try and pronunciate these words, <laughs> it, but I will most likely destroy every single one. Um, but anyway, if any of you like the way I pronunciate my words, please send us <laughs> feedback to going to Defenders TV podcast. And you'll be able to leave a short voicemail for us with, and you too can pronunciate like I do. <laughs> Just to say as well, thank you, Ronaldo, for the feedback um, as well from from my side. But before we finish up, we have got another piece of feedback. We do, yes, and it's another voicemail, which is cool, very cool. So, guys, get all your f- voicemails in because you too can be have your dulcet tones, as John likes to say on this show. Yes, we do have a bit of feedback from Claire Payne. Hello, Defenders. This is Claire Payne from Plymouth in the UK. Uh, Thank you so much for your recent podcast covering the five points of Iron Fist. Um, I've been doing my own little bit of homework at home before the 17th of March, getting used to understanding this particular Marvel character as I'm a huge fan of anything to do with dragons and martial arts, then I'm already sold on the idea. Uh, The Immortal Iron Fist comic book collection has been a great read, uh, certainly to prepare for the up-and-coming TV series. Um, And also, thank you, because your knowledge and enthusiasm and covering all the points has been brilliant, because uh, you really do across the information really well and uh, you already feel as though you know the characters and and what kind of could happen in the next 13 episodes so as always i'll look forward to listening to your future podcasts and uh, and please derek if you feel the need to dress up as nick fury please do so but make sure you post some pictures and uh, thanks again guys Brilliant stuff. Thank you so much for the voicemail, Claire. That's great that you took one of the recommendations to go and read the Immortal Iron Fist collection. It's a brilliant start uh, to the show and a brilliant start to uh, to your knowledge. And how perfect is it that you love martial arts and dragons? This is the show for you, clearly, uh, as we go into the episodes, I'm sure. So the gauntlet has been thrown down, Derek. Oh! Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Claire, for, for your voicemail. That's really really cool to to get your 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 comments we hope that we can at least get across our enthusiasm for for the marvel characters that we we love or even the ones that we don't even know that much about mm-hmm. as well um so it it's really nice of you to 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 say that you know it it helps um thank you so much for the comments very very much appreciated claire i'm going to jump in before derek says anything Thank you so much for the comments. Um, but more importantly, thank you so much for laying down that gauntlet <laughs> and that request. It is the best thing 
ever. Oh, and I, I, yes, thank you for your comments. But more importantly, I'm going to pass over to Derek because I want to see what he says. I can, I just, this is going to be brilliant. Thank you, Claire. Thank you. It's not going to be that brilliant because I have already dressed as Nick Fury, as you both well know. I because, know. Uh, there I was, know, but I wanted there was a Halloween party. Version. Many, many years ago where I did get the full eye patch on, the full cigar, got my uh, got my hair dyed grey at the time, uh, even though yeah, I don't need Yeah, he doesn't need the that. dye anymore. <laughs> um, that is available. I do use it as my profile picture uh, on occasion on Facebook. So I may pop that back up uh, after this episode goes out for a little while just to uh, just to refresh everybody's memories of how my uh, my trip into cosplaying as Nick Fury uh, <laughs> turned out. <laughs> there you but go. Definitely. um he did rock an excellent Nick Fury back in what two thousand and seven. So, in fact, indeed, he, <laughs> the, the, the the wrinkles. Um, he doesn't need to get them put on it now. Um, all the grey hair, and certainly yeah, it could be a tenth anniversary dressing up as Nick Fury. For, I do remember a great. Derek. I do remember a great moment when I was about twenty-seven. When I was reading a Nick Fury comic, uh, and my brother walked past me and saw the cover of the Nick Fury comic and went. I know why you like that guy. He's got the same hair as you. I was, 20, <laughs> I was 27 with grey temples. Um, so there you go. Please, Thanks so much for, the, for that feedback, Claire. Really good to hear some some more audio feedback from, from our listeners. Okay. If you want to record some audio feedback for us, as I said earlier on, just go to the website, go to DefendersTVPodcast.com. There's a little button over the side. You can record 90 seconds of your thoughts about each and every episode of Iron Fist, and we'll play it as we go through um, our coverage of the show. And... This is the announcement. There will be a prize at the end of the season. We'll be putting all of the uh, people who have put in uh, their thoughts and their feedback throughout the episodes into a hat. And at the end of the season, we will be especially selecting one person to win a Marvel prize. Um, We know what it is right now, but we're not going to share it just yet. But it is a bloody good Marvel prize, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I have to admit, I kind of want it. I'm kind of like, can I can I enter? I, I I know there's a bit there's a bit of like well he has to win but like I I I put a good ninety seconds worth of effort in there. <laughs> it, yeah, no, it's a really cool prize pack. So absolutely get your your feedback skates on and your voicemails in uh, for the for the prize. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you can obviously contact us through our website by voicemail. There's also our Facebook page and group that you can join and get involved in the discussions, uh, comments, and chats. There's email, obviously, then at feedback at defenderstvpodcast.com. And, I mean, as always, please subscribe, uh, leave a review, leave your thoughts uh, over on iTunes or any other good podcast catcher. Absolutely. Just one bit of caution as the producer of the show. Please, if you are sending in feedback about any future episodes or your thoughts on the entire series, please make sure you make it very clear in the comment section uh, of, of your post or in the subject line of your of your email. Uh, I do see everything that comes in. Uh, we do not watch ahead on the episodes. We will be watching episode two before we record our podcast. And I'd love if you didn't spoil me if I could ignore an email until we uh, until we get up to that particular episode. Um, yes. But please send in, please send them in as you go. There are going to be some people that will be finished uh, all of these episodes. Thirteen hours from seven a.m. That's ten p.m. Right, ten p.m. Friday, the seventeenth uh, of March. There should be some people finishing up. So, Derek, is that confirmation that you are the all-seeing eye of Sauron uh, in <laughs> flames? I do see pretty much everything that comes in from uh, from every group, Facebook. Twitter, 
through our email, through the voicemails, I see it all. So, uh, so yeah. Excellent. Of, of the Defenders TV podcast, that would be me, the old seeing eye. Uh, we will be back with our second episode of Iron Fist, Iron Fist Season 1, Episode 2, Shadowhawk Takes Flight. So, Shadowhawk, what do you think, guys? That sounds like there's a bit of a connection there between the hawk we saw in this episode yep. and, the, uh, and the tattoo. I think Big Al is going to sprout wings and fly off into the sunset. I don't think that's going to absolutely Uh, and again directed by john doll so looking forward to that and of course remember as long as the cycle of existence lasts may your happiness never decline may you attain the constant joy of the buddhistas and with that note thank you for joining us here on the podcast Bye for now. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for the epic first episode uh, discussion. We'll be back for episode two soon. Thanks. Thanks, guys. See you for episode two. Bye. To be brutally honest with you, I will try and pr- pronunciate the the words the as you said. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, but do you most want to take, take that back for a second? Because the word is pronounce. <laughs> I know that was the joke I was making. Oh, okay, Grant. Oh God, look what I have to work with, people. <laughs> anyway. So, looking forward to that. And as long as the cycle of existence lasts, make your happiness near decline. I can't even <laughs> read that. <laughs> I'll read mine. <laughs> I was like, what the f*** does that say? Um, <laughs> little scrawny handwriting. Um <laughs> <laughs>